Welcome to another episode, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. I'm here with Dane Conan, as you know from the show notes and the title of the episode. Before we get to to Dane and his story, I want to thank our sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Panini, Tops, and Upper Deck. Dane is, will you be the CEO, founder, co-host of uh, Dynasty Breaks? Uh, a little bit of everything. Okay. It's, uh, it's myself, it's uh, George, and uh, Billy. As What's well. the division of labor there? Because you seem to have a lot of fun when you're doing this. Uh, yeah, uh, the division of labor, we all do a little bit of everything. I do a lot of the uh, product ordering, and uh, I do a lot of the breaking on camera. And so I you're, uh, who's your hand model? My hand, I, oh, I need a, a lot of work in that area. Um, <laughs> they call me, my, all the uh, people in our chat room and our customers say I have the worst thumbs in the world. Because that's all you can see on screen is my uh, bad thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, uh, I think people are probably focused on their cards. <laughs> I hope they are. Uh, I hope they are. But uh, t- tell us about your hobby journey because uh, you didn't just get into breaking, and uh, that's uh, become very popular in the last few years. But how did uh, how did you get started as a kid, and now you're uh, an adult and you've got things going? What what's, what's your origin story, Dan? Well, my origin story is uh, I lived in uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma, on the uh, you know doorstep of Oklahoma State, and I was uh, really big into sports, watching you know Barry Sanders, Thurman Thomas, all these guys, great baseball teams at uh, OSU, and I. Uh, I was a regular at the local card shops as a kid, and uh, Triple Crown Sports Cards, which is no longer in existence, uh, the owner kind of took me in and said, I want, I want you to come help me, come put sets together for cool. me, come work for me. And uh, so after school, after church, when I wasn't uh, doing my obligations, I was uh, working at the card shop uh, full time. As a kid. As a kid. And again, I wasn't, uh, that wasn't an option for me as a kid to get paid to be <laughs> involved with cards. I actually had to be had to go buy packs instead of there, there were no stores back in the day. But but every kid in my neighborhood growing up collected. In, in your neighborhood, was it collecting was very prevalent? Yeah, very similar, very similar growing up. All my friends collected. We traded. Um, but yeah. you were more serious than them, or they were all kind of serious too? I wanted to do it all the time. When I do something, I just want to get totally enveloped in it, okay. and uh, it became just a, a passion for me. I started setting up a sh- at shows as a kid to earn extra money. and uh, But and then you had a time when you didn't collect, so that's uh, what, what was going on there, and how did you get back into it after you stopped for a while? I think life happened. I think uh, when the card store shut down, and which happened to a lot of stores at that time. Uh, Who was Triple Crown, by the way? Triple Crown Sports Cards. It was a local owner named Earl Williams in uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma, okay. and he uh, did shows all the time. But okay. uh, when he shut his shop down, and uh, I moved to Texas. Uh, okay. And uh, at that point, I had no real card shops to go to anymore, and I lost that community, all the, you know, talking to everybody right, about the hobby, right. and uh, like a... Uh, well, you might have said before, high school happened. and uh... yeah, High school happens, yes. <laughs> not, uh, it's possible to do cards through high school, but it's very common not to. Right, right. But then some people pick it back up. Why did you pick it back up? I would say around maybe 2013, 2014, um, me like everyone else started watching uh, things on YouTube. Uh, yeah. And I would, I would still collect from time to time, put sets together uh, using uh, different, you know, you talk about ComC and uh, eBay and places like that. Um, and I stumbled upon people uh, opening cases of cards on the air, and I said, yeah. what is this? <laughs> and the one thing I noticed was there was a lot of chat going on. There was a lot of people that were talking to each other like they know each other. And it, So I started to get involved, and instead of watching a movie at night, and I know my wife loved this, <laughs> instead of watching a movie, we'd watch breaks, and we'd uh, watch them talk about cards, and it was just fascinating to me, and it brought back that feeling uh, like when I was a kid. you know. Well, that's... Uh... 
that's uh, so it's a very uh, you know I, I consciously decided to do an audio podcast, but it seems like breaking it's so visual, mm-hmm. it's so in the moment, and you you seem to really bring uh, the virtual community to the forefront to have uh, real live contemporaneous chat going on right in the middle. You kind of have a rapport with your audience. Was that from the beginning, or is that? I think that's what we wanted to do different. Uh, interactive is our is our focus. We don't do as many breaks as other breakers. Um, well, doesn't it take longer if you're chatting up in the middle of it? It does. It does. Yeah. We'll do uh, we'll do about uh, four nights a week. We're on the air, and we do about three cases a night, uh, five on Sundays. But uh, we really want to talk about the cards, display them. Um, our customers talk to each other. They tell us about, hey, uh, they put pictures in our Facebook forum about their children, about maybe some health issues they've had. And uh, it's amazing. We've got customers that send care packages to each other when things are oh, going wow. on. And um, well, you got a real sense of community that you built. I think that's that's really great. Do, do you think all the breakers do that, or do, or some do it more than others? And you're in the more relational group of uh, breakers. I think I think everyone does their own thing. As a new breaker, it's really tough to get product. And I think uh, when we started out, we weren't doing many breaks, and so that kind of led to us having that more interaction. And, and we decided that's not something we ever want to lose because that's what well, that's good. I have that feeling again, like when I was a kid. You know. Well, I mean, it's it's a uh, we, we, we've talked in previous episodes about how it can be a solitary activity of collecting, but it also can be a small group. And I guess it can be a huge group too, like going to this, uh, there's, there's huge shows and, and places when, when hundreds or thousands of collectors get together, but you know, the small group of, uh, you know, the, like the neighborhood field that we talked, talked about. So you've kind of created that. If you're doing a team break, then I guess you got somebody for each team. Yeah, or some com- people take more than one. Uh, we combo up teams if they don't have as many uh, of the desirable, the like the autographs and things like that. Um, do you have to do that in advance? I mean, you just have to know the sport, know know what's in the product. Yeah, we look over checklists uh, ahead of time. Um, we try to uh, on our breaks, we try to just charge market value. Uh, you know, unless unless it's something that we have to buy off the secondary market. Right. But there's uh, sorting is the big challenge with breaking sorting and shipping and. Uh, well, the other thing is that if, if, if there are listeners out there that are thinking about uh, cases that are being opened on air, and if they're thinking of 1990 Fleer baseball or something like mm-hmm. that, where there's 10,000 cards in the case. Now, the, the, some of these cases you're breaking are, are very, a very small number of cards. So what's the range of numbers of cards that you're breaking? And what's more fun for you, the really, really small exclusive ones or the bigger ones where you've got a lot more to talk about? Um. I love both. I mean, National Treasures is a big product we do. There's usually about 32 cards in a case, but they're they're beautiful cards. Uh, most of them are autographed, game-used jerseys, things like that. But uh, I love Topps, Allen & Ginner. Um, it is loaded with base cards. It is uh, very uh, quirky, has uh, pop culture autographs, things like that. Right. But that's a, a larger break, and uh, we but enjoy you, both. But you can't do that by teams, can you? How do you... How do you What's the orientation for for a, a product that has uh, that's not really easily team sorted? Uh, what we'll do is we'll either uh, do teams with about uh, four to five combo teams in a lot of cases, and then we'll have a non major league baseball spot. Okay. Or we'll take the non major league baseball hits and we'll random those to everyone that had okay. a team, and uh, to give everyone a fair shot at the uh, Harrison. But some of those could be big big hits, right? Harrison Ford Auto. Yeah. Um, what have yeah. you? What's the best non baseball uh, card you pulled out of uh, Alan Ginner? <sighs> well, we, that somebody got. We've we've only done a few cases. We've got a uh, Mark Summers auto. Do you know who Mark Summers is from uh, Double Dare? I don't he, know if you he, remember. He's I thought he was a. He's not the Nickelodeon guy. He is. Yeah, okay. that was probably the most. With the green slime. Yeah, he's the okay. green slime guy. Okay, well, this is unrehearsed, people, but <laughs> I did happen to be or, or somewhere where he was. I think there was no slime on the card, but yeah. we and there's also a card of an egg. So I don't of know. Of an why. egg. There is a card in Allen and Ginter, and we make fun of this on the air all the time. We actually have dinosaur egg. 
No, I don't know. From Game of Thrones? It's just a large egg. <laughs> it's sitting on a baseball field, and it says egg. So we make bets before the break how many eggs we're going to pull. So oh, that's, that's very strange. That is strange. You didn't think we were going to talk again, about this, I, well, did you? This is we do sports card insights. So, but <laughs> if it's in a sports card product, I mean, I think popular culture is cool, and when they do these sets that are melding the sport with history or or culture, I, I, I have no problem with that. Again, it's mainly baseball. It is mainly baseball, but yes. these other things are are good. I think teaching, uh, and it's not just kids. I mean, as an adult, it sounds like you're a lifelong learner, as I am. Uh, you can learn something from from opening these. And do you have to? Uh, do you exp- if you get a card on air that's curious like that? What do you, what do you do? You just ad lib? Uh, we well, we try to uh, any knowledge the, that I do have, I try to say it on the air. But a lot of times we'll look up stuff together and we'll talk okay. about it. And our customers in chat will often say, "I know exactly they'll what that stuff, is." Volunteer stuff. Yeah, yeah they'll volunteer. Mm-hmm. So it's great. And, and the goal for breaking is that everybody wins, and some people win bigger. Is that the philosophy there? It's not like you have one winner and a bunch of losers. The goal is that everybody kind of wins of getting something they want, and then some people might win big. Yeah, the is that goal, it? I think the goal is these cases have become so expensive yes. that I don't think you go down to the card store and spend two thousand dollars for a case for yourself. And, and a lot of people want entertainment; they want to see a show. They, a lot of people call this a show about cards. Yeah. And for forty or fifty dollars, uh, you can get in. You'll get a team. Uh, you'll you'll get a stack of cards, and you may get an autograph of Ken Griffey Jr. You may get an autograph of Vladimir Guerrero. Well, you know? my point is, I, I, people won't keep doing it if they are always losing. So, so are, are, is there some expectation that uh, they, you know, like one third of the people are going to break even, and one third of the people are going to be a little bit disappointed, and one third of the people are going to be really ecstatic? I think that's the overall concept. You're always going to have people that are ecstatic that get the big hits, and but it's just like buying a box at a card show. You may not get the card you want out of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's very similar to that. But, yeah, if you continuously don't get any autographs or anything like that, that could be an issue. But we try to bonus up our breaks as much as possible. Uh, we give away a free spot in almost every right. break. And uh, so if you buy in, you actually have a chance to get two teams. Uh, so okay. one person gets that every time. And, and basically you're picking the team. Sometimes it's randomized? Or? It is always randomized. Okay. Um, but then you could trade. You can, team, right? you can trade. And is there a lot of trading activity? Uh, yeah, a lot of the breaks will have two to three trades uh, per break. Um, a lot of people will trade uh, two teams for one if they really, really want their team. Oh, okay. Um, can they trade uh, their slot plus cash, or is it, they can. Is it just a fit, just a even exchange? Uh, they can. We don't, uh, we don't, you know, take care of the cash part. We let them do that. Um, a lot of these folks know each other now. But they have to, it has to be like a registered trade. Correct. Because you have to know, you have to put it on. It's not like you're, you know, one of the things that uh, that you do, and I think they all <laughs> reputable and successful breakers do, is there has to be a lot of transparency. Yes. And that, yes. that's that's what uh, generates the trust, that, that they can see what you're doing, that it's all, uh, well, it's all there right in front of them. Yes. So yes. that what they see is what they get. So, um, well, we're almost out of time, Dane. Enjoying talking to you, but uh, perhaps you have a question of me. You know, like I said, I'm not, I, I'm not uh, a customer of yours, <laughs> but I know you're uh, uh, an advertising sponsor for uh, for Eric Norton at uh, Fat Packs. Yes, yes, and, Eric does a great uh, job. I really enjoy that uh, longer form and more entertaining podcast. But uh, what 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 question or two might you have for me? Well, uh, when you go to a card show, what what is in your wheelhouse? What are you a large collector of? What type of years or sports or players or just what is in your wheelhouse? Well, it's not really my wheelhouse. My wheelhouse is probably vintage cards of what I grew up with. But I, I kind of have those cards now. So what I realize is that I retired 14 years ago. Wow. And in the last 14 years, there's a lot of cards that have come out. And I've kind of kept up uh, somewhat. But my, my strength is more from when I was very active uh, pricing cards. So now when I go to a show, 
I've got a kind of a wall of fame in my, in my, uh, in my card cave, my, my man cave. And so basically it's alphabetically by player or celebrity. And so I, I have a lot of strength in the old cards, yeah. but I don't, you know, I, I needed to get a, you know, people would say, uh, I love the Cowboys. What do you got with the Cowboys? Oh, here's Roger Staubach. They go, Roger who? Right. And I go, here's Troy Aikman. Troy who? I said, oh, okay, Tony Romo. Tony, they knew Tony. Okay, they did. And yeah. then they said, well, where's Dak? Right. Well, I, right. I don't have Dak because I didn't really right. collect with it. So I'll just go through and, you know, at a show and I'll look for cards that are just interesting to me that I haven't seen. I'm not trying to corner the market, but if I see something that looks interesting and, and then some of the cards, uh, and I think I've mentioned this before, I, you know, I like, uh, w- one of the things that for all those years, I couldn't really buy cards because I was pricing cards. Right. So now, and now if I see a good deal, I think, you know, I, there's nothing stopping me from buying this. <laughs> you know, if it's a dollar and I think I can sell it for more uh, through, uh, you know, some or trade it, whatever. But I think there's value there. Then fine. I'll, I'll, I'll just pick it up. So I don't spend a lot of money, but I just like touching the cards. Sure. And so to sure. go through a bunch of cards is fun for me. It, it always has been. And I, I hope it always will be. And, you know, there are, what is there, 10 million different cards that you can get? There's, there's like, uh, there's you'll never lot. see them all. There's a lot. There's, yeah. You'll never see them all. Yeah. So I'm not trying to get one of each. But, uh, you know, if I see a Dirk Nowitzki card that I don't have, I'll pick that up. It's Go uh, Mavericks. Go Mavericks. We'll see what happens <laughs> this year. If I was a, a breaker customer of yours, I would, I would want the Mavs. I, I think they're going to, they're, they're trending up. They are. They are. Uh, thanks, Dane. Appreciate your time today. And, uh, best to you with, uh, Dynasty Breaks. I look forward to watching. I, I, I watched one of your shows. Actually, some of them are kind of long. Some of them are, yeah. But, uh, I watched and you seem to have a great time. And that's, that's epitome of this, of this hobby to have fun when you're doing something. And like we're saying, you, you got paid. I got, I used to get paid for <laughs> doing something that we love. So it's a great story. So thanks again, Dane. Thanks listeners. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another, another story.